0: when you sit down to an early dinner, it will seem like the middle of the afternoon. That may be a slight exaggeration, but you know what I mean. And you know, too, how nice it is to have those extra daylight hours for being out of doors, working in the garden, playing with the children, or visiting with your friends. During nice weather, most women appreciate more than ever the time and work-saving advantages of Johnson's self-polishing glow coat, the modern floor polish. Glow coat keeps your floors beautiful with practically no work at all. Now take your kitchen linoleum, for example. Pour a little Glow Coat onto the clean linoleum floor, spread it around, and let it dry. Come back in twenty minutes, and you'll find a floor that is sparkling with new beauty. Its colors as bright and fresh as new, protected against wear, and easy to keep spotless. Besides that, Glow Coat actually makes your linoleum last longer. So, if I ask you to try Johnson's self-polishing Glow Coat on your floors, you'll pardon my enthusiasm, won't you? <laughs> Dog, Molly, I'm famous. Fibber McGee, discoverer of the McGee Comet. I told you I'd prove I don't need glasses. All right, all right, Siree. so you proved you don't need glasses. You now betcha. come on to bed, Diddy. All right, wait till I put these tools away first.
1: Hand me that pair of pliers there, will you?
0: What pair of pliers?
1: What? pliers right there on the table?
0: That's a hairpin. Huh? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like a
2: pair of pliers.
0: Good night. Good night, dog. <laughs> This is Marlowe Wilcox, speaking for the makers of Johnson's wife and Johnson's self-polishing glow inviting you all to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night.
3: Hey,
4: you! Pull over to the
3: curb! What's the matter, officer? I wasn't doing anything, was I? No, not this time. I was just interested in that car of yours. It looks pretty neat for an old car. What do you use on it? Oh, that? I use Johnson's Carnu. Well, I don't have but two days off a month. Oh, but Carnu uh, cleans and wax polishes your car
4: in one operation and half the time it used to take. It's really sensational. It is, huh? Well, I'll be sure and try some on mine. You can go now, and uh, much obliged for the tip about Carnu. Uh, You're welcome, officer. This is the National Broadcasting Company.
0: NBC the Johnson Wax. Program. NBC Red, NBC Blue, probably NBC Red. And there
5: was bong, bong, bong. Walden has to get his bong, bong, bong in.
0: Oh, it's so much fun, you know. I was struck listening to these radio shows when you first start collecting. How neat it was to hear the bum, bum, bum or the CBS signals or things like that when you, are you know. When you introduce the kid, when you introduce the whole deal. It
5: really is fun to hear the little accoutrements that go along with it, the little window dressings.
0: Can you put some on my salad?
5: (laughs) Sure. What would you like, the bells? (laughs) Not croutons. (laughs) You and Fibber. Oh, you're good. I have my three questions.
0: Should we give them out? I think so. Or should we have them call in with the answer first, and then we can give them the questions after they figure out the right you answer? Know,
5: I think that's a grand idea. That means no matter what they say, it's a correct answer.
0: Oh, you're absolutely right.
5: This is good.
0: All right. What's the question?
5: Everybody, we need some phone calls tonight. This was Fibber Takes Up Astronomy from April 8, 1941, and my three questions are, all you need is one correct answer, Answer, what did Fibber say that made Teeny say, I'm hungry? What did Fibber build for his hobby, and what did he discover? This is one of the few shows where Fibber came out ahead at the end. He's usually the goat because he's done something really outrageous, mm-hmm. like stealing Molly's ironing board to fix the top step and realizing that she needed something from for the ironing board, and then he took the maple or walnut leaf from the dining room table. So he usually gets himself into an awful lot of trouble when he tries to fix things or build things, and this time he came out ahead. 714 What did Sibber say that made Teeny say, I'm hungry? It had to be a food. Every time she heard food in this particular segment, Section of the show. I'm, how, do you have any idea, Walden, how long that particular shtick lasted?
0: I don't know because I seen the. Think of one of the early ones. Cause you know we don't really have all of them from the uh, 35 to 38 period.
2: Right.
0: Uh. But you know I don't by the war. I don't really remember how long it stayed around.
5: Yeah, I don't think it was very long. I'm Mm -hmm. thinking maybe a year, Um, and and maybe a little bit longer, like 1940 through 1941. But it wasn't through the life of the show, and it really was a cute little shtick, because you knew what was coming. And she was so pathetic when she said, I'm hungry. What I'm
0: wondering, I know their first child, Jim and Marion, was a daughter. I wonder if any of her little expressions they would have had and adapted for the radio show.
5: I don't know, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And I don't recall the year that their, or the years that their children were born. I
0: think one was 19...
5: 19- a, a daughter first and a son second. Yeah, I
0: think 1924 rings a bell with me mm. for the daughter, so she could have been about 15 in 39. Yeah, So
5: that's kind of a little old for I'm Hungry that Teeny
0: That's teeny true. Did.
5: But anyway, we need to know what made her say it in this particular show. So your assignment, Walden, you have
0: homework.
5: (laughs) 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 I'll see if I can find how long a period they did the I'm hungry. And, of course, it wasn't in every show. It was like the closet. Mm -hmm. So I'll have to pay attention when I listen to my next round of Fibber. Be alert to when Teenie first started saying I'm hungry when she heard a food. So Um. we need to know what food Sibber mentioned, or what related or could be translated as a food that made her say, I'm hungry. Um. What did Sibber build for his hobby, mm-hmm. and what did he discover? So those are our three questions, 714 545 And if you don't like those questions, we have a few more that are hot and open for Dennis the Menace, the cartoon character. Who was Dennis's next door neighbor? What is Dennis's last name? And what is the name of Dennis's dog or Dennis's cat? He's got two pets, and all I need is one name.
0: Let me help out in a Dennis minute. His next door neighbor was played by the actor Joseph Kearns. Joseph Kearns was Mr. Ed, or was Ed of Jack Benny Vault. And he was a terrific organist. I guess he had a, a major organ uh in the house. Really? Yeah, I think in fact they built the house around his organ. And it was a major job when he passed away them taking it out. Oh dear. Yeah. Yeah. Oh dear. Yeah. So he was Mr He Who? was Mr. Who. Mr. Who.
5: Mr. And this Who. is his next door neighbor. Yep. We also asked which club Sibber McGee belonged to which group the Great Gildersleeve belonged to, and which club did George Burns belong to, one that he referenced throughout his entire life. Even after Gracie died, when he would do personal appearances, he would reference spending time at this club, and he really did.
0: Yeah, remember the uh, name of her club on radio? The which club? Gracie's. Oh, Gracie's club? Uh-huh. Oh, my goodness, it was a woman's club. That's right. Um,
5: gee, I just heard it the other day. I know.
0: <sighs> I'm, I'm stuck, seven, I, and I just listened to it, too. 714-545-2071. Four five four five oh what was the name of Gracie Allen's club? Seven George one.
5: told her it was a frivolous club, and they never did anything, and Gracie... <laughs> said, well, we're having a fundraiser to raise money to buy clothing for a group. And he said, what group? And it was the club (laughs) (laughs) in typical Gracie fashion. But I cannot remember the name. (sighs) Okay. And the final question we have out, I think that's the only one, the only one left that we have out was Captain Midnight. Was he an, an aviator? Did he fly a plane, command a spaceship or lead an army cavalry? So we got lots of good questions out there, plus the three from the Fibber McGee Takes Up Astronomy show. So, we need some help with some answers here.
0: And while we're waiting for people to call in, let me ask, let me ask Patricia some stuff. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> what? Last week, we, gonna, we did a sort of a theme after Dennis Hart on cartoons. Uh-huh. And we didn't really get a chance to expand upon it. But I want to know, did you have any favorite cartoon sh- scripts or things you used to read as a little little, little kid in the Sunday paper? Did, were there some favorite ones you enjoyed?
5: Gee, Willickers. Um, I have always been a Sunday comics fan. Right. So I would have to list out a whole bunch of them and... I'm not sure I had a favorite. I had a whole bunch that I enjoyed, and I still enjoy comics. Hmm. That, you, that's really a very
0: good question. Oh, good. Are the were one, the ones that you just sort just skip?
5: Oh, I skipped Little Orphan Annie. We talked about that that's last right. week. I was never into the comic uh, or the the funny pages. The comic pages storyline that I don't... It, you can help me know whether or not it's still there, uh, whether or not Orphan Annie is still running as a comic strip. It ran very late into...
0: It's still running today.
5: It is running? Yeah, I,
0: I, in the OTO Digest, they were talking about ending it fairly soon.
5: Uh-huh. Like Did it, they give her eyes eventually?
0: Are they, I don't know.
5: It was I, really spooky for yeah. me as a kid to look at this cartoon character, with these circles as eyes, I be- I, it, they never looked anywhere. They were just
0: circles. I believe, and I believe, I bet they have because they said the comic strip been around for 85 years.
5: Oh, it's been around forever. You know, forever. And I found some dates. Let me see what last week. If I had Little Orphan Annie, yeah. um, I, I got some dates for some of these. Excuse me for some of these.
0: Cartoons. Oh, I like, wonder how far back they go in our American newspaper history. I wanna they go, well, when did the newspaper industry really start? I guess sometime in the 1800s. Yes. 18th, well,
5: I, it was actually sooner than that, or, or much later yeah. than that, but in, in terms of mass distribution, I think probably the late 1800s. And I found some cartoons, or, or comics really, mm-hmm. the, the cartoons are typically re- described as single panels, and comics are longer, either a strip or sometimes even a whole page. But I found some back into the teens, the 1900 teens, so not very long after the turn of the last century. And um, things like Blondie and, and Blondie and Deadwood, they started in 1933. Wow, That's a long time ago. I've got, um, let's see here, what other dates do I have? Um, Little Abner by wow. Al Cap, we talked about that one last week. That started in 1934. Wow. Um, the Teenie Weenies, I know I asked about the Teenie Weenies, where the Teenie Weenies lived. That was 1941 through 1970. Dennis the Menace is still going. Smokey Stover. Do you do you remember ever hearing no, about I, that comic? No,
0: I don't remember seeing that a kid.
5: Maybe somebody can call in and talk about Smokey Stover. That one was 1935
2: to 1973.
5: Okay. So, I, I, as I say, I pulled some dates down on some of these uh, comics, huh. and they went back quite far, quite far. 1920s, but especially the 1930s, a
4: well, lot of
5: them came up long time ones so that would have been little Orphanani as well in the in the 1930s
0: it's amazing to think about how much details they like, people could put in a drawing mhm you know, pretty it's pretty pretty r- remarkable
5: and how much individual character the figures had
0: mhm
5: i mean, little Orphanani, i keep going back to little Orphanani. <laughs> <laughs> it really did spook me when I was a little kid to look at this face that didn't have anything on it. Um, but Blondie has and always had some pretty significant detail. Uh, Dad would always had a bow tie with a big button in the front. Um, what other characters? Even Popeye had uh, or has an anchor tattoo on his arm. So you're right, the details were very pronounced, and I guess they still are today.
0: What are comic cartoon characters you like watching on television when you were just like a little girl?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I know you've never been, been much on TV, but I just thought, just in case. Yeah,
5: I've not, I've not been big on TV. No. I like old
0: everything. Uh-huh.
5: I like old movies, old black-and-white movies from the 30s and 40s, which is probably one of the reasons why old-time radio is so appealing to me because those are the time periods that I enjoy a lot. So when I find an old cartoon, my underscore bill sent me to a couple of cartoon sites with um, Crazy Cat and, um, gee, I can't even remember some of them, and they were fun to look at. They were quite simple black and white drawings
0: I remember crazy cat yeah remember yeah
5: so that was in the collection that he sent me to um so old ones really old black and white ones I Mm -hmm. enjoyed a whole lot and then when we got into the color ones I love roadrunner I love roadrunner yeah Yeah. (laughs) With Wiley e. Coyote yes. and his Acme Rockets and Acme Traps and Acme <laughs> everything. So that's that's one of my very favorites. I I like Roadrunner. How yeah. about you? When you were a kid, oh, you, were, I you think, were able to see uh, I them? guess,
0: yeah, when I was watching it, all the cartoons, I guess. I love bugs and, por- and Porky Pig. You know, I think in the early market, um... We had our cartoons every day. You know, when I got home from school, I would get home probably in the two o'clock hour. Uh
2: Uh-huh.
0: And by three, it would be pretty steady from three to five. And, uh, you know, we kids really really never watched much of nighttime television, per se. I don't really remember that being a big deal in my family. Uh
2: Uh-huh. You
0: know, as, as a kid watching it, I... I think I should be honest with you. After dinner, what I remember mostly watching at the kids, uh, at least being most fat, was the, at the Merv Griffin show, and then after that, I would uh, run on here seven or eight, and then I was off to bed. And but. On at night. Uh huh. Out here was on at night.
5: I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought he had only a daytime show.
0: Well, I think it was syndicated, and that's why it it depended on what time, Ah, what time they could pick and choose when they wanted to run it. And uh, the local stations out here ran it at night. Uh huh. And so cartoons were a big deal to me as a kid. So I, Bug Bunny and Porky Pig, and I love The Road Runner too. Those are, those are right up there. You know. Duck. Yep. Daffy Duck too.
5: Yep. I like Daffy. Daffy is a good character. He is. I like Daffy. He always gets himself into
0: it. Sucking really cash. Yeah. Yeah.
5: One of the things that was always disturbing to me, even as a kid, mm-hmm. was that everybody had a shotgun.
0: Yeah. And especially, what was that? Yosemite Sam.
5: Yosemite Sam had guns, yep. that's right. Um, uh, Elmer Fudd had a shotgun. He yeah. was always after the rabbit. Yeah. Um, whoever was after Daffy Duck, Daffy would get shot in the face and his bill would wind up in the back of his head and he'd have to straighten it out.
0: I don't remember and that we at all. we were
5: shooting at each other.
0: Um, or what, the Roadrunner had a run by dynamite. Did the dynamite ever go off? Yes. A
5: lot of these things would go off. <laughs> they would blow up Wile Coyote instead. Mimi. Yep. Yep. And the dynamite didn't disturb me. It was the shotguns. People, I I say people, the characters, Uh would shoot other characters in the face with the shotguns. And the only thing that would happen to them, of course, Daffy would have his turned around, or they would wind up with a black face from the the gunpowder. But nobody was injured. And it's really intriguing that... They would use that kind of a
2: prop. It's interesting.
0: I
5: characterize it as uh, a nearly harmless item.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking as a kid, I I never thought of the violent aspects of it. I guess I that that was not a factor with me. And then I guess listening to people over the years saying that cartoons were violent, I guess you described to me. Uh, why they thought it was.
5: Yeah. I never I saw them as violent. Uh, and I I know what you're talking yeah. about, that there are many people who talk about cartoons as being violent because they fight with each other or, you know, the cats try to eat the canaries <laughs> and, and they did have the guns. It disturbed me that when the guns went off in another character's face, nothing happened. Uh-huh. Nothing
0: happened, so, it, uh, you know, and... I wonder how did they, when they first ran back in the 30s and 40s, it must have been part of the Saturday morning cartoon. Uh-huh. Because I think most of them, I thought, ran about seven minutes. I mean, seen to me as a kid, they were always quick. And it must have been. They must have been shown us the seven-minute runs of a lot of those things that uh-huh. were part of, and I don't know what were the typical Saturday morning I knew they ran cartoons, but I don't know how many they ran. They ran a half hour of them. I don't know. I mean.
5: Well, it would make sense if they ran half hour shows. I don't know how many cartoons they could get in. I'm I'm guessing three.
0: Three or four, maybe. In a
5: half
3: hour show.
0: Yeah. 714-545-2071 is our phone number. we love to talk to you. Someone. Favorite
5: shows, favorite characters, favorite episodes, and now favorite cartoon, favorite
0: characters.
5: cartoon
0: characters. In the movie cart, the moving, the animated huh You know, and I it didn't also bother me. Uh, I know some people w- were not used to seeing more of the simpler cartoons, like, you know, Ghost Be Racer, some of those others uh, that didn't have as much detail, but I just liked them all. You know, so
5: Hanna Barbera ones like Fred Flintstone. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're talking about?
0: Fred Flintstone and or Dudley
5: Do Right, and they would repeat the background scenes. If someone was running, yeah. you would see the same scene go by, by, bye, yeah. bye, by, by. They were <laughs> simplistic cartoons. You're right. right. The the appeal was the storyline. They actually did have storylines.
0: I think that's what intrigued me about the the because they did have interesting storylines, at least mm-hmm. for a kid
5: Mm hmm It was one of the cartoons that was promoted as a cartoon, which meant a kid's show, but had scripts that adults could lock into as well. It's like Rocky and Bullwinkle was written for an adult audience, but kids loved it. A flying squirrel? My goodness. (laughs) Yeah. Everybody loved a flying squirrel and he had his little helmet on. <laughs> <you know? laughs> uh, and June Foray yeah is the person who was the voice of Rocky. She also did Natasha. This is interesting. Does anybody know what Natasha's last name is in oh. the Rocky and Bullwinkle series?
0: That's a good one. I don't know. I do. Uh, Patricia knows oh, all. Oh, Patricia does. She loves Rocky and Bullwinkle. Uh, I watch them now.
5: They're on the internet, and um, Ken Goff sent me some Rocky and Bullwinkle DVDs, so I get to watch them periodically. Wow! Uh, I, you can overload on Rocky and Bullwinkle if you sit and watch them, you know, for an evening. Oh, you my really my
0: my favorite as a kid of the Rocky was the football the football bowl game.
5: Oh, with Boris Badenov? Yeah.
0: Yeah.
3: Yes.
5: Yeah. Yes, they they tried to
0: catch. Yeah. Stupid
5: moose, <laughs> get moose and squirrel, get moose and squirrel, right.
2: yep.
5: that's the, the uh, drop, I guess you would call it, the little finish that Mike Handy plays during the, or at the end of the live show, mm-hmm. I didn't think it would end like this, <laughs> good yep. characters, good yep. storylines yep. and adult storylines, the fractured fairy tales,
0: you think you could write for cartoons?
5: Um, I don't know if I could write for cartoons, but I'd have a heck of a good time trying. <laughs> I think I could do that. Bob Mills sent me an email and said I need to be writing for sitcoms. I thought, we don't have any sitcoms that I know of that are, I shouldn't say that. There are people out in our listening audience who surely enjoy some of these sitcoms. I'm hard-pressed to find one
2: uh-huh. I no, like. Nothing.
0: Nothing that rings Patricia Bell like Fibber McGee and Molly and the not TV not like
5: Fibber and Molly some cartoons I do enjoy some of the uh, the the non pop you know not not ABC not CBS right. NBC. right things like the History Channel there are some great shows on the History Channel mm-hmm. and they don't necessarily relate to history there's one show called Pawn Stars Not Porn, P-O-R-N, but pawn. It's a pawn shop. And the items that come in are just fabulous and loaded with history. They'll come in with 16th century helmets, um, Civil War weapons, World War II items. Um, it, It really is a great show in that respect. So I guess it does relate to history. But they're fun, they're fun people. It's a father, a son, and a grandson who are in the business. So the, the, they call him the old man. I mean, that's his nickname, the old man, is the grandfather who is stern and, you paid money for that? <laughs> and the middle person is kind of straddling both lines and the younger one will buy anything. <laughs> They'll just buy anything. They bought a boat one night. So those kinds of shows are good, and their repeat uh, every week are, I don't know how often they play. I just catch them periodically. And I like shows like
2: uh,
5: NCIS, which is like CSI, but in the Navy. And I like CSI shows. So puzzles. I like puzzles and mysteries. So those are
0: my shows. Those are your shows.
5: Yeah. And when you're listening to radio today, do Uh you listen to any today radio shows?
0: No. Well, just stuff for the talk shows and sports talk shows and the news. That's what I use Uh today's radio for. Yeah. I'm not a Twilight Zone listener or Imagination Theater listener. You know.
5: Are they still on? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, my goodness. We're deprived here. I know.
2: I know
0: they on here in Yesterday USA, but, uh, I, I'm not there tuning in to listen to them, I, yeah. you know, I I'm didn't
5: know that they were, that there were those kinds of radio shows still playing. We mm-hmm. do not have them here.
0: Yep, they still are. Uh, not a lot of stations are carrying them, uh-huh. you know, but they're still, they're still out there.
5: Well, that's comforting. Yes. It is comforting. We used to have some pretty decent local talk shows, but they kind of went the way of, now they just evaporated because the local shows are handled so much differently than the national shows. The local shows that people had to go out and Mm -hmm. sell their own advertising.
0: Are there any local shows that you even listen to now in Florida?
5: We don't have any. Well, I mean, we've got um, an oldies music stations, uh-huh. um, some uh, non-English speaking stations.
0: I can't remember even if, if, if we even have a news station down there. I can't remember.
5: I... We have news breaking into the national syndicate, uh, the, the yeah. national talk shows. I don't know. The only time I listen to radio is when I'm in the car.
0: Oh, <laughs> Oh, dear. Well, now, here's an interesting question for you, Patricia. You're I'm ready. ready. You ready? Yeah. Have you tried to sit down and write your own Fibber, McGee, and Molly script?
2: I
5: have not. Isn't that interesting? Uh, ben Omar has a book out. What, what is the name of the book?
0: Uh, let's see here.
5: Um, I've got it here. Hold um, on. Sometimes something with I
0: time. Can... Time is in the title. It is, um,
5: that's the Jack Benny, hold on, Uh, I keep talking, I'll find it.
0: This is just the USA, I am with my, (laughs) with my co-host This is who we are
5: doing, the audio theater guy, that is not it, Fibber McGee and Molly. I've got all of these wonderful books, where is it, where is it?
2: Where
5: is it? That's information, please. Um, don't Go Away, The laughmakers Are There, Monitor, Superman, Fibber McGee and Molly, and, and honest to goodness, I was, I was just reading it the other day, Oscar Levant, so that's a great book, Oscar Levant had, uh, he wrote, I believe it was three books, the uh-huh. one that I'm reading now is The Memoirs of an Amnesiac, <laughs> it was just so outrageous, it was wonderful, don't go away, don't Wait. go away, it's Wait. here, it's here, <laughs> maybe it's up here, no, it's not up here,
0: Keep going, keep talking. Anyway, Patricia and I are here. We'd love to give you, have you give us a call.
5: We are waiting for a phone call. And you don't even have to answer a trivia question. You can just call and say hi. That would be wonderful, too. Oh, Walden, I just had it in my hand. Oh, here. I
0: know. And I, I know when you read a tile, I know what you're going to be like before. Yeah. Them.
5: It's that time again. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. yeah. There it is. It was under my CDs. <laughs> anyway, um, You know, I surround myself here, and one day I'm going to kill myself trying to get out of my little chair here in front of the the computer. But uh, many of the names we know were asked to write shows, take their favorite radio shows, and I'm not telling you anything new, and create a script for it. And of all the interesting things, Claire Shells, who was one of our guests, who had written a, a Fibber McGee and Molly book, chose Our Miss Brooks. He did a script for Our Miss Brooks. And I found that really interesting. He's a Fibber McGee and Molly person, and he chose Our Miss Brooks. Jim Harmon chose Tom Mix. Um, Jim Nixon chose Sergeant Preston of the Yukon. Bob Martin is not a name I recognize. Do you know Bob Martin?
0: Nope, no no one on me.
5: And guess which one? Jack French. Jack French was one of our guests. He is the person who wrote Private Eyelashes about 41 women who were either private detectives, solved crimes, or helped solve crimes or mysteries. And he has a favorite. There's one excuse me, one mystery show or one detective show with a female detective that he has always liked
2: Mm
0: -hmm.
5: it is his favorite and he talked about it when
0: he was on gumdrop cherry gumdrop cherry Mm -hmm. what is that (laughs) well you asked me which one I thought he wrote about
5: I was hoping someone who was listening to the interview might remember what his favorite show is. So he picked, he was actually in tune with his favorite show. He wrote a script for Candy Madsen
2: uh, yeah.
5: on 28209. That's oh. the name of the show, Yep. which I always thought was odd. It's a very unusual name.
0: And I think that's the phone number that you would call Candy. Hello, Carl, you're on with Patricia.
4: This, this is Arnold Schwarzenegger, the, the governor of California. Golden, I want you to know that uh, Maria and I are watching are uh, listening to your show on the internet, and we love it.
5: Hello, Brian.
4: Oh, no, no, this, this is uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, the governor of California. I, I love your show.
0: Is that Thomas? I'll be back. <laughs> Well, now, go, no, um, your uh, governor, how long are you going to be in office?
4: Uh, many, many years. Uh, as long as I can. Uh, right now, I am I am doing push-ups to stay in shape. I think it's good to be in shape. Yep. I think the children of California need to be in shape. Yep. I think that uh, you, you, Walden, you should be doing some push-ups now too. Yep. Yep. Need to get back in shape. Hit right. the
0: deck. Hit the deck. Hi. Now, now when are you going to draft the state of Kansas? Are you going to ever a I- them dimensional your running partner?
4: Well, I think I think yeah, Dorothy and Toto would be uh, the perfect people in Kansas uh, because they are so beloved.
0: Now, now would they be? Would that make? Would they make a good ticket to run with you for the scene in 2012?
4: I think yeah, Arnold and Toto. is the way to go. That's my slogan.
0: Who are
4: we talking? Oh, we have to vote for a little cute dog? That's what that Maria says. Okay, go, go with the doggy.
5: We're going to nominate the doggy.
4: Uh, yeah, who would be better to run this country uh, than a little doggy? Uh, who? Who, who could say a bad thing about the doggy?
5: Uh, Toto was a very smart dog, you're yes right. Too. Yes he was
4: very smart. He knew good to get out of the basket of that mean old woman. I,
5: my vote is Brian Hendrickson.
4: I think it's Thomas
0: from Kansas.
2: Who
0: are we going to? <laughs> it's Brian! It's Brian. <laughs> hey, hey, Walden, how
1: you doing? You, good, you, Brian? Patricia, you got good ears. I was. I'm. I'm staying up all night listening to the Saturday Night Live show. Woohoo!
5: Hi Brian, how are you?
1: I'm loving life and listening to your show. How could it not be doing good?
5: I love it. Thank you for the CDs.
1: Oh, you're welcome. Sir so from Begin Molly, Jack Benny. Talk about talk, talk about quality comedy.
5: My goodness, I was just so delighted when I opened that package. I thought, who did? That? your name on the outside
1: so you were mentioning uh, Rocky and Bowwinkle and you didn't mention the uh, the great voice talent who narrated the show
5: who narrated the show William Conrad
1: yes boy didn't get any better than that huh
5: oh he was good too he was very good do you remember Natasha's last name I asked about that one
1: no I don't
5: you don't! Oh, gosh, I'm one up on some people. I feel so good. This is my one out of a thousand.
0: <laughs> should we ask Brian to do so many voices that you're going to do for Showcase next week, Patricia?
5: Yes! Well, All right. I, I should tell people what Natasha's last name was oh, first. Go. go ahead. Was Natasha... What, what, was
0: it, uh, Smith?
5: Fatali, F-A, like, fatal, with an E on the end of it.
1: Oh, was, I, I always I, thought she was cool. I've uh, heard Boris. I tell you, those two, those two were quite a pair.
5: Yes, Boris. <laughs> we we got to get Moose and Squidgel.
1: And we're living in the wonderful DVD era where you, I've actually got the box set of the first season, and it's like, oh, this is just too fantastic. I mean, in the old days, you'd have to wow, wait it was scheduled. Yes. If, have to go if, through the, go really through the TV guide and circle what you're going to watch. But nowadays, you know, walk into a store. Oh, I'm my own programmer now. I get to choose the shows I want to watch, when I want to watch them, mm-hmm. in consecutive order, you know, fast-forward through them, watch them without commercials. Oh, it's heaven right now for love, a love,
5: uh, hero we cool, live in. Cool TV it's show. True. So please tell a little bit about the convention and do some of the voices.
4: So I'm going
1: to be playing Gracie Allen, uh, Molly <laughs> McGee. I'm going to be playing uh, Lauren Bacall. I'm going to be playing um, Maisie. I'm going to be playing... Oh, let me see who else... No, I'm just kidding. Um,
0: All right, this me, year,
1: they've got me slated to do...
0: You're
1: going to Rod Sterling. Yep. You're
0: going to um, do, do Rod... You're going to do Mr. Conklin. Mr. Conklin. Yep.
1: I'm going to do the old uh, uh, Our Miss Brooks, Mr. Conklin. All right. I'm going to be doing a couple voices from the uh, suspense episode at 10 Grand. All right. With uh, the great Lucille Ball which is going to be a lot of fun.
0: You're going to play our lot of voices, like the Mean Little Kid.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, the, uh, the Mean Little Kid. Maybe we're going to do, like, a uh, Lemon Abner. Yeah. Um, we're also do, redoing a, uh, a, a great CBS uh, Mystery Theater program because um, we just lost uh, the creator here over the last week or so, which is really sad.
0: Right.
1: And that was a, that was a high brown.
0: Hi brown? You're
1: good. And... Indeed, and um, what are the other shows we've got going on? I got a stack of scripts here that's uh, rather daunting. I know. Well, we got to keep sending more stuff. Yeah, they're they're uh, they're slowly getting marked up. Yep. totally. Um. Oh, we, of course. We're also doing a um, a recreation of the Aldrich family, right. which is going to be exciting because uh, Gloria, I noticed that uh, not Gloria McMillan, but um, oh gosh, I can't think of her name. The wonderful actors from uh, Armist Brooks.
0: Gloria McMillan. Who's
1: okay, that was right on the money. I, keep, I, get, I get Shirley Mitchell and Gloria McMillan's names mixed up. But uh, her son is actually going to be uh, doing uh, one of the... Is he going to be playing Henry Aldridge? Or, yeah, her, or, grand,
0: or her grandson is going to play Homer.
1: And who's, who's playing the the other
0: uh, lead in that? Uh, Brian Hendrickson. I mean, Brian Hannah is going to play yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's going to be exciting. And then working on one for us too. Oh, really? For yes. the, the showcase? Yeah, she she's gonna work on another one. Are you, are you actually coming out, Patricia?
5: No, I'm not. I'm not performing. I'm typing one.
1: <laughs> oh, oh yeah, I typed I up a couple. Of, I, that's kind of fun too, being able to transcribe.
5: But yes, and, and I can condense enough of it to create a fun skit. So I think so anyway.
0: We're putting one in the bong show. We want something for the kids during the bong show. So Patricia, is. Working hard to put one together.
1: And I'm also uh, I'm I'm tackling a, a comedy bit that I don't know if I'll be able to pull off. I'm trying my hardest, but w- within two weeks it's it's proving very tough. I am making progress. I'm trying to uh, to master that great Danny Kay bit where he rattles off the names of the fifty Russian composers.
3: Oh my goodness!
5: Oh my goodness! You can do that? Are you going to be doing that?
1: I'm, I, I'm actually trying to learn and. I'm making progress. I was actually able to keep up with him, uh, but you know, being able to you know do it without him helping me, without us doing a duet, that's a whole other thing.
5: Oh, so um,
1: I'm getting there. I
5: wonder how many this year, maybe next year. Show. It, I,
1: I will master oh, yeah, that yeah, bit no, without it, a doubt. It, it's it's a,
5: going and going and going and going and going.
1: <laughs> oh, Brian! When
0: you do that, we're gonna have to we're gonna stand, in the, stand in the aisle and go root you in. I mean, I could.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, w- without a doubt, one of my, my one of my favorite bits in history. Uh, yeah. That that uh, the Russian composer bit. I, I you know whenever I hear it, uh, I, I just I just love it. And I, I was able to track down two two versions. One of them he did on the opening the first show of his radio show, where he does it in 38 seconds. In fact, I, I was reading on uh, Wikipedia that he. He started that when he was young, and over the years, he got faster and faster at it, and whenever he performed it, he would try to beat his old record. Wow. And uh, I think 38 seconds was the record when he was doing the radio show. And then I actually went to, to YouTube, and was able to find an audio clip of him doing it where he, thank goodness, he did a little bit slower, and that's the one I'm able to keep up with right now. The, uh, the radio program, he, he just, you know, he blows me out of the water, but... Uh, Fortunately, I found the other clip of him doing it at a slower pace, which uh, is is uh, is easier for me at this point because I'm just trying to learn it. But boy, what a what a fantastic uh, comedy bit, and um, what a whole bunch of fun!
0: Wasn't he such a talented man? You think about it, his skill level was just superb.
1: He's one of the greats in the entertainment industry. Not just you know, as a great great comedian, but also a great singer, yeah. great entertainer. He's he's truly one of the greats. You know, former. Um, um, baseball owner, the yeah. um, lover of the game baseball, which I share with him. So, yeah, uh, yeah it's, and you know, speaking of like old movies, boy, you know, Up in Arms, uh, one of my favorite favorite movies of all time when I was a kid. And you know, whenever I'd be looking through the the TV guide once a week and my ritual, looking for what was on that week so I could schedule my life around it, would be the uh, the Secret Life of Walter Mitty. You know where he'd yeah. be uh, having these little little uh, dreams uh, uh, you know and her uh, pocket to pocket to pocket to pocket you know and Walter Mitty was at the at the helm of the of the of the, the sailboat or the airplane or you know whatever little adventure he was going on in his imagination uh, I'd love that movie and uh, and also you know Hans Christian Andersen, Anderson mm-hmm. um, the court jester which had I think one of my also uh, all-time favorite comedy bits where he had, you know, the vessel with the pestles, the pestle with the poison, the chalice from the palace, the brood is just true. There's, oh no, the chalice from the palace is broken. So, you know, the vessel with the pestle and then the flagging with the dragon and it's oh It's just, it, that, that I think is one of the best tongue-twisting that comedy bits ever too.
5: This, folks, is a sample of the level of talent you can be part of or be part of the... Uh, convention the showcase the rips showcase and you're going to tell us about it walden and brian please
1: well the, I, I just point out though a sample of the low end of the talent i'm the amateur i mean i'm going to be surrounded by some of the uh the most talented people to ever step in front of a microphone true professionals who in the case of Robert east i believe 80 films 80 films uh, 1200 television appearances 1200 i TV mean we're show? talking about uh, seasoned professionals who uh, know how to make an audience laugh and uh, love doing it. And uh, for me, as an amateur, to be on stage with these folks, oh, I'm in heaven. These
5: dates and times and locations, this is the radio enthusiasts of Puget Sound, reps in Seattle.
0: At the Bellevue Coast Hotel, it's going to be Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Friday, June 25th, Saturday, June 26th, Sunday, June 27th.
1: And Detail. you can't miss it. If you love old time radio, you love comedy, you love great drama, I mean, you have an opportunity to see in person Norman Corwin. Yes. My goodness, I mean, that's worth flying to Seattle right there. Yes. Rep, just, just that right alone.
0: RepShowcase.com is the website. RepShowcase.com
1: has the information on hotel accommodations. Uh, you can buy tickets right there, you know, with, yep. uh, with uh, PayPal, yep. or you can a credit card. Uh, it's probably a little too late to send check on money order. If you just want to show up on Friday uh, and pay for admission right then, you're more than welcome to show. You got Bob Hastings, Archie from the radio. He is also on the McHale's Navy as uh, uh, Joe Flynn, who played Colonel Binghamton. He mm-hmm. was his right hand man in comedy foil, uh, Lieutenant Elroy Carpenter. You've got the great Chuck McCann. Oh my gosh, Chuck McCann. Go to, go to IMDb and look at his credits. And, and I'm sure that's just a portion of what he's done. It's just mind boggling. Uh, of course, Gory McMillan is going to be there. Uh, we've also got the great, uh, you know, Larry Albert, who's Harry Nile on the radio. Uh, Bob Hudson, who's uh, who's living now up here in um, the Pacific Northwest, who was on all kinds of shows starting off in like the 1930s.
0: Uh, no Life and Annie out of San Francisco.
1: Yeah, my gosh, it's just amazing. Who was also. When he taught uh, uh, acting in Oakland, one of his students in high school was uh, the great uh, David Carradine. So we have a David Carradine ah, teacher there, okay. teach us a little Kung Fu maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, who else is going to be there, Walden?
0: Let's see here. Well, we got Shirley Mitchell, of course, Leela Ransom of the great oh girls' my gosh. Who was uh, on
1: I Love Lucy I love as Lucy. one of Lucy's friends.
0: Yep. Uh, Rosemary Rice, of course, will be there.
1: Oh, yeah, and uh, she's going to be in the... Uh, uh, recreating a, a Tree Grows in Brooklyn, right. which uh, she appeared on the 1940s. That's worth a ticket of rights just alone.
0: That's true. And then besides, uh, let's just flipping over to the male side, we, of course, you've mentioned a few. We can throw in Stuffy Singer, a good friend, who was in the Jack Benny Beavers and part of the Great Girls Week Show
1: always fun. Duffy is always fun. Yeah. He's a wonderful, wonderful person the, to have on
0: being. being Dick Beals, of course.
1: Uh, oh, Dick Beals! Yeah. My gosh. You know, reps would not be reps without Dick Beals. Mm-hmm. He is so fun. He's such a, a, a professional. He always, always puts on a great performance when every steps before the microphone. He's uh, just uh, a lot of fun to uh, to be around. And of course, let's not forget coming back for the first time in a while, the great uh, Bobby Benson. Uh, B-Barbie! Ivan Curry! Uh, yeah. Uh, Ivan Curry. Ivan Curry coming back out, then, which is uh, a lot of fun.
0: Leonard Smith, who is Stretch Nagresh and Armis Brooks, he'll be there.
1: Yes, and, and you know, the very first, uh... uh very first time and that's Mr. Robert Easton.
0: Robert Easton, of course. See, I'm, I'm getting the list out here. Who else here? Uh, We've
1: we'll yeah. got Jan Merlin, who's uh, been up here the last few years and he's mm-hmm. always a joy to work with. Yep. And uh, oh, and you're also bringing in, uh, talk about uh, entertainment heavyweight to Ed Silverman.
0: Here is part of the ABC uh, announcing staff for many years. Dave Parker, who is the expert on the Lone Ranger, is going to be there.
1: Is Joan coming too? Is Joan coming? I love her. You know, she, uh, was it uh, maybe not last year or the year before? She did uh, uh, Grandma with the Junior skit I did, and boy, he hit it out of the park. She was fantastic. And then there's Heather with Perry.
0: Right. Who was on uh, a, lot of TV show pop, uh, a lot of TV commercials and TV show.
1: Awesome, uh, but she was on uh, Bewitched, Darren's right. secretary. She was on Green Acres, Petticoat Junction. Yep. She was on The Monkees. She's on all, all the shows that I was watching. You know? All right, Brian, it's, t-
0: it's time for you to perform. Oh, no, 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 no,
1: I can't. I can't. I can't.
0: Oh, no, please. All right. Give, <laughs> give me the mean little kid. Go, wait, come on, what you going to do? What would Junior do?
1: What would you? Oh, boy, I, you know, I don't I, I, don't know if I could do Junior in the middle of the night.
0: You don't think... He's in bed.
1: You think he's in bed? He, oh, yeah, he's, he, without a doubt, he's chained the bed without a doubt that's the best thing to do with junior uh, to keep him from running amuck in the middle of the night and, um, and right now right now I'm sure junior would be waiting waiting for his dad to come home with the sirens and the noise and uh, and all the things crashing when dad comes home that you know I, I don't think that was ever, everything that they ever actually portrayed in the shows but it was always talked about you know did you hear your father come home you know, how couldn't I you know <laughs> but um but no, no, the, the, there's more folks coming to Reps, so though. you got Frank Buxton. Yeah. Frank Buxton.
0: Who is the director of Happy Days, part of the TV credits, you bet.
1: Odd, odd Couple, Mork right. and Mindy. Uh, right. And, you know, he also he did a voice work for Woody Allen for one of my favorites, one of Woody's earliest films, uh, What's Up, Tiger Lily, huh. where he took a, a Japanese spy movie and just dubbed it in comedy-wise. And it's just a, it's just a work of art as far as comedy uh, dubbing. Mm. Because, you know, you're so used to seeing, you know, like foreign films dubbed, but this was, I mean, they, they had one thing in mind, and that was to make it funny, and they, they really did.
0: And Frank, went, one of the very first books of old-time radio back in 1964, the big, the big broadcast, seeing Bill Owens. Coke. Which
1: I bought in the 70s, and I still have a copy. Oh,
0: really? Isn't
1: that, isn't that funny? That's what a amazing. small world we live in. That's but, oh, one of my favorite people in the entire world, I mean, bar none, mm-hmm. uh, Esther Geddes McVeigh.
0: Very nice lady.
1: Yep. She, uh, whenever she comes to town, she just uh, lights this town up. And of course, you know, some some directors. You got Tim Knopfler, yep. uh, Greg Oppenheimer, yep. and I think Gloria McMillan's going to be uh, directing too. Correct? Yep, she is. And then you've got, um, uh, you know, this is somebody who I have never had the pleasure of seeing any presentation, but is uh, Bob Loudon.
0: Bob Loudon. He he does he does his house party and he gives away stuff. You know, he. It's my he, kind of cat. I know. She's right. <laughs> He's right up to his, with Patricia. He gives away the store.
3: Stuff. 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 He gives that's, away stuff.
0: Yeah, that's what we like. <laughs>
1: so. Yeah, so, you know, I, I don't want to tip my hat to any of the performances. All right. I, you know, so, honestly. Now, now you,
0: uh, uh, you promise to put, come back in July and perform?
1: I will. I okay. will do that. And uh, maybe we can work at a skit where Patricia, you and I, we can all uh, do a little bit. <laughs> And uh, that, to me, that would be so much fun. Uh, if, you, if you want to hear a great performance, get on a plane, get to Seattle. It starts at 9 a.m. on Friday. It lasts from 9 a.m. to probably about 9 p.m. on Friday. Same on uh, Saturday. And then on Sunday, for the very first time, a wonderful, wonderful uh, breakfast brunch yep. in the morning with uh, uh, Robert Easton. Who's they're gonna have like clips and uh, covering his whole career, and yeah. nice little talk to him, nice little visit, and more than you know, just you know, seeing these recreations in person and having fun. On Saturday night, there's a wonderful dinner where everyone gets to sit and, and talk and, and get to know each other, and there's all kinds of opportunities over the whole weekend to to talk with these great professionals and uh, you know ask them questions and just to spend time with them, you know, and it's uh, that's probably. One of the most wonderful things about reps, yeah. you know, not just seeing these great performances, which, you know, is worth the ticket price alone, but actually getting, you know, FaceTime, being able to uh, communicate and talk with these, uh, these giants of the entertainment industry. So that, uh, it, it, if you love old-time radio, you've got to get on a plane, train, automobile, get out there with your thumb, hitchhike, get here, because uh, it all starts this coming Friday morning at 9 o'clock at the Bellevue Coast Hotel here in Seattle. So uh, all right. don't miss it. Uh, the... Cash cash in some war bonds. Get on that plane.
0: <laughs> Indeed. Uh, Brian, what the fir- when was the first time you went to an old-time radio convention? Who did you see? Des- describe your first memory.
1: Oh, you know, I remember, you know, I have loved old-time radio, and I have had li- lived in Seattle a number of years, and I remember opening up the Seattle Times and just kind of flipping through. And they had, like, a section where they talk about different events, you know, bicycling events and... You know, different uh, pancake breakfasts. And, mm-hmm. and, it, and it basically said uh, hobbies. And it said uh, old-time radio convention, reps convention at the Seattle Center. I'm like, ooh, that sounds fun. Mm-hmm. So I circled it, and uh, a couple weeks later went up to uh, Seattle Center, which is where uh, reps was being held that year, and uh, got to see some amazing performances. You know, uh, back then uh, you, you could see uh, uh, Ray Erlenborn uh, doing sound effects. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, Art Gilmore was coming to reps in those years. had you know, The famous uh, uh, announcer who uh, in, in a couple of my favorite TV shows and movies. You know, the Stanley Kubrick film, uh, The Killing. Art Gilmore did the narration for that, and he also did the uh, narration for one of my favorite TV shows, The Highway Patrol. with Robert Crawford, Robert Crawford, like that. You know, I love it. <laughs> I love that show. And um, of course, Dick Beals. He had uh, you know Larry Albert. Um, back then, uh, 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 was it, uh, oh, oh, uh, not, uh, Sam Edwards. Right. Um, and I was just blown away just by the, um, being able, you know, being able to hang out with Ray Erlenport. He was such a sweet guy, such a nice guy. Um, you know, he's one of those folks that you just felt happy to be around. You, You know, you just, you felt, felt good. Oh yeah. just had such great energy. So, um. You know, I, I can't remember the exact year, but I was hooked. So, you know, of course, marked my calendar for the next Reps Convention, you know, uh, made, uh, made sure I attended every single year. And uh, and then one year, they um, I think they did a three-day at uh, the Seattle Center, and on the final day, they had this little thing where, you know, they were going to let the amateurs get up on stage in front of the microphone, but before they did, they paired you off with the uh, old-time radio great. So I volunteered, and Dick Beals, I think, directed, and they um, – I got cast for the announcer for The Lone Ranger. And then, you know, talk about wonderful. I got to sit down with Art Gilmore, and for like about 30 minutes, he taught me how to announce. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. You know, one wow. of the greatest announcers ever. Right. Um, giving me pointers, giving me tips. And then, uh, you know, for the first time, me and, and a whole group of other folks, you know, who were had never stepped before a microphone before, Went up and did a did a passable job of doing a Lone Ranger show, you know, directed by Mr. Dick Beals. We ran through it twice, where I did the announcer the first time, and the second time I think I did like a like a, 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 a desperado or something. And it was kind of funny, you know. In one of the the second performance, we actually had a female do the voice of a Lone Ranger, which was very fun. Um, so after that bit, uh, hamming it up in front of an audience in front of a microphone, I was hooked. I was hooked. You know, you can't. Can't push me off the stage now.
5: Brian, <laughs> is that something that might happen this year?
1: You know, I, I think that was the last time that they actually uh, had that type of uh, event. Um, it was wonderful fun. Uh, you know, they did back in those days. I think I think reps was like a, a Friday and a Saturday, and then there was a there was like a private get together at Christopher Conrad, who is uh, William Conrad's uh, son. Um, He has a a photography studio here in in Seattle, in the heart of Seattle, uh, Lower Queen Anne. And we would all meet there. We'd have like a big uh, Sunday brunch, and uh, the amateurs would get up on stage with folks. And I got to, you know, uh, do uh, Lone Ranger. I got to do uh, Cisco Kid. I got to do some banditos. I got to do sound effects on stage with uh, Ray Erlenborn. Uh, he, He basically there were so many sound effects he couldn't do it himself. So we actually assembled a team, you know, and I got to do the gunshots. He taught me how to do the, the hoof beats, uh, and uh, just seeing him smiling, you know, whenever you'd hit the cue just right, oh, that was just so much fun. So it, it happened afterwards, but I think you had to pay a little bit extra, you know. That all went toward uh, toward the radio enthusiasts of Puget Sound. It was a great investment in a club that I love, and the benefit was being able to do the uh, that Sunday brunch at, uh, at Christopher's. But now with the um, event being held. Out in Bellevue, of course, Christopher's um, uh, venue isn't available because it's, it's so far away. And this year, it uh, the Sunday is being added, where it's going to be open to the public. And it's all, you know, it's it's all part of. If you buy uh, a ticket for the weekend, it's it, I believe it's included. Correct? Is that Walden? Uh uh-huh. yeah,
0: Yep. You can buy it separately if you wanted to, but uh, we'd love to love everybody buy the whole package. It should helps the club. It, it costs money.
1: It to, does indeed, yeah. and uh, it costs it costs money to keep reps alive and uh, I, if you love old-time radio it's a great investment because it's an organization which is really uh, helping keep uh, old-time radio the, the spirit uh, the spirit alive keep that flame burning keep uh, keep people getting in front of the microphone and creating great audio drama audio comedy audio suspense uh, so it's uh, if you love old-time radio it's, it's a wonderful investment and you know the, the, the wonderful bonus is all the money that you pay for the showcase goes towards reps but you get to see all these great performances, get to meet all these great people. Uh, so, uh, so, yeah, the, and I don't think they have any plans in the future to put uh, ham, amateur hams in front of the microphone like, like me. Uh, but, uh, you yeah, know, maybe, maybe someday down the line. Sure.
5: Brian, when a newcomer to reps or a newcomer to the showcase shows up, what kind of contact with the old-time radio performers might they have?
1: Well, if you're at the, um, the Saturday night dinner, what they do is uh, every table um, gets one old-time radio performer uh, there. So your entire dinner on Saturday, you're going to be able to share um, dinner and conversation with uh, a veteran of, uh, of old-time radio or television or movies, uh, the entertainment industry. Um, all during the day, there's breaks in between the performances. And you know what? There's These folks are everywhere, and they're they love talking – about uh, old-time radio and their experiences and they love meeting new people who I mean it really warms their hearts to see that this art form that they uh, you know that they participated in
0: they'll come and sit in the restaurant we will have if, yeah. we'll, we'll <laughs> have coffee we'll have something to drink with them and well if uh, after the day is done we have a little party when they're in there with us in
1: yeah, so the bottom floor of the hotel is is a restaurant and, um, you know, at, at the end of the night, that's where everybody's at. You know, who, who wants to stay cooped up in your room yep. at the hotel? You come down and you socialize, and, and uh, you can Bob go from Hayes. table to table and talk with everybody. And uh, it, it, it truly is wonderful. Uh, so, yeah, open access to everyone that's there. Um, and uh, I think that's one of the most wonderful things about the uh, weekend. And,
0: and a lot of them like to sit in the audience sometime and watch some of their friends perform.
1: That, yeah, without a doubt, and, yeah. and uh, you know, show support and cheer everybody on. And so you, you come away from the weekend not just seeing these folks, but you you come away, you know, with new friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just a wonderful thing. So that for me, coming to, to reps this year after having been there a few years, it's like a, it's like a reunion of, of some of my my favorite and uh, most loved friends.
0: In fact, Patricia, a lot of performers uh, I know will share emails and contact, and they will be in contact with the local rep people throughout the year.
1: So it's a, it's a once-in-a-lifetime experience that happens, fortunately, every year thanks to reps. And uh, you know, if, if you love old-time radio, you really, really ought to come out. You, you don't know what you're missing. Uh, you, you, you'll be kicking yourself, you know, come a week from Monday if you don't if you don't come.
5: I wanted to make sure people understood that we're not talking about standoffish stars who. Will show up for a performance and not want to associate with the people in the audience. This is really um, a group of people on all levels who are there
2: because they appreciate old time radio.
4: Well, I love the art form, I love the fact that they've got an audience for people who love the art form.
1: It's not about a big art for old time radio, and it's a unique. Amazing, wonderful experience that, uh, you know, I look forward to it all year long. I really do. It's uh, it's my favorite weekend of the year.
5: I think we could tell that.
1: <laughs> How could it not be? If you love old time radio, my gosh, I mean, we're going to be doing suspense, the Aldridge family, the great Gildersleeve. There's going to be a war bond show that's going to have. Appearances from all the greats—you're going to see Fred Allen, the Junior, the Mean Little Kid, Abner, and Abner, the Jack Benny's going to be there, uh, you know, in, in uh, recreated form by way of Chuck McCann. They're going to be doing the six shooter with Chuck McCann doing the, uh, the Jimmy Stewart, uh, yep. Stewart part. So it's uh, it, for, for old-time radio fans. Oh, you got to be there. You got to be there. Have I said that enough? <laughs> if I haven't, then I'll repeat it. You have to be there. You need to be there. Get on that plane. You know, you go to, it,
4: to Priceline.com and get yourself some tickets now.
5: <laughs> at least consider taking a look at the website and see what they're doing. And if you, I mean, this really is short notice for some people who are hearing it for the first time, but this is an annual event.
1: Yeah, what, 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 what better things do you have to do this coming weekend? Uh, think about it.
5: Well, maybe earn some money <laughs> so
1: we can afford to do it. But, but, but after reps, to, to pay for the tickets. Pardon? Well, you can do that after. Yeah, yeah. There's the 51 other weeks of the year.
5: This is, this is what credit cards are made for. <laughs> without a doubt.
1: Without a doubt. I mean, what great, great way to use your plastic? You know, come, come to, come to reps and uh, have a, 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 a weekend you'll never forget as long as you live. It, it, it's so much fun.
5: I think folks are convinced. Good. Good to see you there. Good.
1: My name is Brian Hendrickson. Come up and say hi. Yeah.
5: Yeah. I mean. He will be there, and he can perform, and I'm really sorry that you're not doing voices for us tonight. I, I really would enjoy that,
1: listening. I am. I am like I'm the perfectionist uh, person who I you know I want to be prepared and I want to well, go in and, and just I, do a great job and I think and, we, we, should, we should. I'm an amateur too I, you know I, I'm not one of these pros I, without a doubt I, I'm uh, I'm outclassed whenever I come there so I have to do you know hours and hours and hours and hours of a prep work just to get up on stage and not have them meet me for lunch Well, and right. I want to I want to do as good a good job as I can so well, I, um, sure. I would be more than happy to do any voices you like. Um, After reps, and uh, you name them, I'll do them.
0: Brian, that's a good idea. Patricia, let's let's talk how Brian prepared for Showcase. Brian, last year, we had you in nine shows. That's correct. Nine shows. How did you prepare to do nine shows with all those different voices?
1: Well, all recreations, which is about all I could really do, because I'm not really talented. I could never really create a great character or, or, or give a great performance. So as an amateur, what I do is, number one, I identify the shows that are going to be done, get a hold of the scripts, and then I have to get a hold of the performance that I'm recreating. Um, I'll get that typically in like an MP3 form. And then I'll uh, I'll take that MP3 and turn it into a wave so that I can use it in SoundForge. And then I'll, I'll kind of cut out all the rest of the show but the parts that I have to do Then I'll convert that back to MP3 and put it on my MP3 player and and put it on CD. And then I'll go over the script, of course, and mark it up like the pros do, only I'll go over each and every word and try and identify how that actor, I mean, it's the greatest acting exercise in the world, you know, kind of identifying how a great professional uh, interpreted a a character and, and interpreted a role, breaking it down into, you know, how they used each specific word, you know, volume, tone, inflection, where they run through sentences, where they add stuff that's not even in the script. And then once I've got the script marked, then I slowly start listening to the performance and going along with it and try to match um, what they did so that I can come as close as I can to the, um, the, the true talented person did in, in creating that role. And I just do it over and over and over and over until I, I feel comfortable doing it uh, you know by myself without listening to the, the recording. And then uh, I'm ready, I think, to get up on stage because I've heard it so many times. I can almost hear it in my mind, hear how they said those words, so I can then try and emulate and, and recreate uh, what, what they did. So it's 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 um, it's really a way of, of saluting and, and giving a tribute to some amazing people when I go up on stage and try and uh, try and recreate what they did as close as possible. And sometimes sometimes I get you know pretty close. Sometimes you know I don't, as far as I'm concerned. But, uh, it, you know, it's, it's so much fun that, uh, that when I do actually get close to what the original person did, it, it, it generates laughs because, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much copying, you know, somebody who was who a great comedian who knew how to get laughs, and I'm just doing what they did. And you know what? They did it so well, it still works here in the 21st century. You know, the, the, the delivery and the jokes still generate laughs, which uh, it, to me... One of the most enjoyable things in the world is to make a, a group of people laugh, you know, to, to make a group of people happy. What you know, what, what better use of your time could you think than to, to make a, a group of people happy and laugh? So um, so that right there is the payoff. All that hard work, which is hours and hours and hours, when I hear the laughs, you know, or, you know, in, in like a suspense episode where, I, you know, or, or I think it was a, 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 maybe a year ago when we were doing... Um, a lights out where a couple people actually left the room. I was thinking, whoa, okay, this is scary. Because we said, boy, this can be really scary. If you want to leave, it's okay. And and a couple people did leave, which means, I mean, if you're making something scary oh. and people are scared, then you're successful. If you're doing comedy and people laugh, you know, then you're successful. If you're doing a, a suspense drama and people are on the edge of their seat and you can see them, then, then you're successful. And, uh, and that that that's the payoff for all the hard work. But, yeah, it's, it's quite a long process enjoyable, because I love old-time radio, and uh, analyzing and kind of breaking apart what some of these great people did, is it's just, it's just a lot of fun. In fact, you... fact, one of the, the greatest people, to, uh, one of the people I've learned the most from, was doing uh, that for uh, the great Orson Welles. Oh, he was good. Oh, my gosh, that guy was good.
5: When did you start preparing for this year's showcase?
1: Um, as soon as I got the first script, <laughs> it was like quite a while ago. I think uh, Tim Knopfler knew in advance he was going to be doing the episode of The Twilight Zone, and he was nice enough to send me an uh, AVI. And uh, thanks to Walden, I've got a, a great piece of software called Total Recorder, uh, which allowed me to then, you know, create an MP3 uh, file of the audio of that AVI, that uh, that AVI video.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, I actually transcribed it out myself because I had I didn't have a script at that time. And I began working on that one right off the bat. And uh, I actually started listening to the CBS Radio Mystery Theater show over and over and over, but I didn't know what I was going to be cast in, so I just listened to that show over and over. I think I've listened to it like once a day for the last two months, and uh, it's still a great show. Oh, that is a really great CBS Radio Mystery Theater. Um, They picked a fantastic program. So, yeah, as soon as I get a hold of them. Now, last year, I think it was the night before Showcase, I got some of my last scripts, Um, and I had the shows and I was listening to them, but I wasn't able to mark the scripts up until the night before showcase, and I think I was in my hotel room up until about 2:30 in the morning marking them up. Um, so that was that was a a, a a a night with very little sleep. But because the event is, is so exhilarating, should, should we tell, uh, sh-
0: sh- can, can I tell a little story on you?
1: Uh, uh listen, listen, you can't prove anything, Walden. <laughs> right, you can't prove a ding thing. All right, let's let's get that straight up. You can't prove a thing. There was no witnesses
0: there.
4: I'll well, tell you that
0: right now. <laughs> a go ahead Walden. Spill your guts. Alright. Well, we put Brian, and it's on YouTube everybody. Go to repsonline.org And up there at the time we had Eddie Carroll and Frank Fronte. Oh, a, Eddie Carroll. Part of the cast, and so we had Brian in there doing several roles. And we had Larry Albert do an Alley in the middle, there was an Al Jolson, Eddie Killed at the beginning, the, uh, then Frank Francois, of course, had Groucho, Eddie Killed, Jack Benny. Well, we had Brian as part of the Alan's Alley, uh, getting, he was doing, you know, Mr. Senator Clackhorn, he was doing Titus Moody, and we had to come up with a transitional character, in order to get it from Allen's Alley to the You Bet Your Life. So, Brian Hager created a whole new character, and we just gave it, you know, an unusual name, and so happened that Henderson had to play it. And I think it drove Henderson crazy, because he couldn't find a character in any of the Fred Allen show.
1: Boy, you're so right. I never felt more like an amateur, because I didn't get any laughs, and and I honestly thought it was a character in Fred Allen. I was thinking oh, boy, if I could only hear the show, maybe I'd probably get laughs because then, then I might be able to, like, recreate it because, you know, me on my own, I'm just no good. And, uh, yeah, and then I
4: found out it's not even a character in the show. <laughs> well, good made it up. Like,
1: oh, you guys got me. You guys ended up having me recreate something that was never ever done before.
4: But, uh, but no, it was fun,
1: though, and you, and you needed that segue to get from the Allen's Alley to the You Bet Your Life program. Yep. So they were using kind of the analogy of, uh, you know, some folks uh, to kind of spin in the dial mm-hmm. and... Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, I I think that was my worst performance of the no, week. No, you did. And, uh, you, I didn't have anything to, to uh, recreate. No, you, no one to emulate.
0: You did a great job with it.
1: Yeah. Well, I tell you, you, you mentioned Eddie Carroll. What a great loss. He yeah. was a, a wonderful guy. And once again, you know, at Rep showcase, he was so open. I mean, I went up just to say hi, and 45 minutes later, our conversation ended. And I had I had told him that I, I thought he was just amazing at uh, impersonating Jack Benny, and he corrected me very very graciously and very politely that oh I'm not impersonating Jack. I'm I'm portraying him. I'm uh, you know, I'm I'm trying to, you know, create that essence of what Jack was on stage, you know. It's just you can mimic people, you can imitate people, and then you can you can truly act and you can truly portray who those people are. And and based upon, you know, him teaching me that last year, that's that's really what I, I tried to do the rest of that weekend and I try to do now. Rather than go up there and, you know, be a mimic you know, uh, and, and recreate. I, I truly try to bring the essence of what that character, what that person uh, uh, brought to the to the microphone, and um, it's made it more challenging and it's made it more fun. So uh, I'm really, really heartbroken that um, I'll never be able to get up on stage next to Eddie Carroll. And because uh, last year I got to uh, do uh, the Mel uh, Blanc uh, Mexican Bandito, you know, Sei Sue. Uh, up there with eddie carroll and but yeah that was uh without a doubt the um uh, experience of a lifetime to work with uh, uh an amazing talent and an amazing human being like like eddie carroll uh, it's uh yeah my heart's broken but uh uh i'm gonna have him uh in my thoughts this year at, at uh, showcase and i'm gonna take everything that he taught me and uh, implement it and utilize it and uh and uh in, in my prayers every night uh you know send uh, good wishes to him and let him know that i love him because uh he was he was truly a wonderful person. He really really was. Yeah. Very
0: much
1: so. Very much. Yeah, so. I miss him.
0: A lot of people
5: do.
1: What a wonderful guy. Well, he, he told me cool. he told me the whole story about how he uh, how he ended up uh, you know as a, a Jack Benny um, portrayer. Mm-hmm. and uh it was it was kind of magic you know kind of a magical thing that happened everything just kind of fell into place and uh he, he had found out that he was going to you know get an audition to do the, the jack benny role and uh at that time it, it wasn't like it is today where i mean you can go download stuff you can you can go to the store and buy a dvd um there was nothing available for him to really study jack and um he said that a friend of his called him up they were talking he mentioned the fact that he was going to be a uh, doing an audition to uh, to do Jack, and his friend said, Oh, that's kind of funny. They, uh, like a week ago, they just started showing the old Jack Benny shows here on local TV. Yeah, It was meant to
0: happen. It was meant to happen for him to play a Jack Benny. It really was.
5: He's a remarkable person. Yeah. Um, One of the more interesting stories, and it wasn't even interesting, it just pulled me over, I was on the floor laughing, and probably at the time wasn't very funny for the poor guy who was involved, but um, Eddie was, I was (laughs) was about to say Jack, Eddie was in, I believe it was Chicago, um, where Jack Benny was frequently, and he was going to be doing performances. And he needed a haircut, a trim, and he decided to go to the barber who used to cut Jack Benny's hair. And he walked in and in his very best voice said, I'll just have a trim. And the guy almost passed out. He had to go home. He was so shaken up by um, seeing Eddie Carroll walk in that he couldn't cut his hair and he actually went home. He was that shaken by how Eddie actually became Jack Benny. I thought that was a pretty remarkable story. I
0: hey, something else. I never knew that. Which still got you, Brian? Brian? I bet we lost him on his cell phone. We'll, let see if he'll call back, maybe disconnected himself.
5: Disappeared. We're going to hear a beep, beep, beep.
0: Yeah. So, um, what would you like to do? Up to you. Well, uh, you want to go to Betty Buy or you want to play a show? or? Uh, well, we can give people one more chance to call in because we have all of these questions that are
5: still outstanding. We didn't have any phone call. Lucille, where are you? You always listen to the, um, to the Fibber shows, and we need some answers on these. What did Fibber say? What food did he say that made Teenie say, I'm hungry? What did Fibber build for his hobby? This was Fibber takes up astronomy. What did he build for his hobby, and what did he discover? Those three questions. Um, what else? I've got pink dots all over the place. Pink dots. This pink dot. We will leave Dennis the Menace for now. Did Captain Midnight fly a plane, command a spaceship, or lead an army cavalry?
0: Hello, caller.
3: Oh, okay, I know who this is. <laughs> okay i heard you calling me out okay teeny got hungry because fibber said milky way yes he did and fibber built a telescope a super telescope
1: uh-huh.
3: and what was the other one
1: he discovered what
3: oh he discovered mcgee's comet a gaze comet. Oh, you are too good. You are. But too I was good. trying to give other people a chance. But you—I mean, you just—you were so patient. I really
5: thought we would have heard from you sooner than this.
3: Ah, yeah, you would have. But I was like—I said, I'll—I'll oh, I'll let other people have a chance. <laughs> no, I'm not greedy. And you are the person
5: who. Never disappoints us. I, you really listen to these shows,
3: honestly. Uh, I, you know, I thought you were going to ask about um, about what Teeny called Fibber before she left. She called them Galileo. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You know, I, I was waiting for all these other ones, and I hear you ask these, and I'm like, okay, uh, too much fun. What else do you, do you like besides thrillers? Okay. You know you were talking with Jim and you had one called Home, home Front. Home Front. Home Front. Thank you. I would like that.
5: You can have Home Front. It's very short. Um, when I say short it, compared to what I am able to drop on a CD, is there anything else in
3: history are History you, could do the, you could do the Edward R. Murrow ones as well. Okay, we can do it here It
5: now. Um, one of the other things that Jim was talking about uh, that people might want to keep in mind, because I haven't mentioned it recently, is that I found all of the fireside chats that are available. There are four that are not recorded that I know of, I haven't been able to find them anywhere, but I've got at least 25 of them, and I have the transcript of the speeches that are missing, so for someone who really is a history buff, I've got the fireside
3: chats as well. Throw in whatever you want to throw in. (laughs) (laughs) Um -uh. Are you an American history type, or a World War II history, are you a history buff? I'll tell you, I was going to email Walden and ask him if he had a copy of the VE Day that he did, that special, on, on Sunday.
2: Uh-huh.
3: Because, had I, you know, known it was going to be that good, I would have found a way to record it. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. I'm, I don't I, know I'm al- also working on, um, <laughs> the end of World War Two in August. I am, uh, thinking about covering two weekends because I have a lot of programs and, and I've ordered a lot more. Uh, like Queen for a Day. I don't know if most
3: people know Queen for a Day. Oh my god, I remember watching Queen for yeah. a Day. Wasn't that Jack Bailey, Bailey
0: or Jack Yep, Bailey Jack, or...
3: Jack Bailey. Oh my god, I remember ate. Queen for a Day. Yeah,
0: they make me they... wanna be
3: Queen for a Day? Oh my gosh, anyway.
0: Uh, Jerry Hittigas has one that was World War II Bolton before and after. Uh, you know, we're waiting to see if the Japanese are going to surrender. And so I'm I'm trying to get my hands on a lot of those types of recordings. So, in August, we'll be looking upon that kind of stuff. So, you bet. Well, and I know Linda's been recording this stuff, uh, on MP3. So I know when he's feeling a little bit better, we can make sure we can get some stuff out. So, oh,
3: wonderful. Yeah. Absolutely wonderful. Yeah. But Patricia, whatever you want to throw in there, that's fine with me.
5: <laughs> we have
3: a Mulligan's
5: too. If you are, I, I know I'm asking, I keep asking this, are are you interested in any of the history files that I might have?
0: She got some of the D-Day material.
3: Oh, okay. D-Day too? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. All right. Because you've you got to realize something, you know, when you're growing up, and you're in school, and you're paying attention to the necessities, you know, that you've got to mm-hmm. study and everything, and, and they, don't, they don't have, they did not have those things available for us to hear back then, but to hear them now that I'm in my 50s, and it's like a whole new eye-opening thing, so when... Like I said, when Walden did that special, it was like, well, I mean, I was blown away, totally mesmerized, blown away, and he's got me hooked on a whole new genre of things. You know, so, you know, like I said, I'm a very open minded person, so I'm always open to new things and new experiences and everything else. So, historically,
5: what went on? is so much different than reading historically what went on.
3: Yeah, that's, that's the whole point I was trying to make. It's, it's so much different to hear and use your brain and visualize in your brain, oh, my God, this actually went down, oh, my God, than it is to read, you know, and say, okay, this student did this. If it wasn't for Rommel, The world would have ended in a different way, and da-da-da, and on. Mm -hmm. So, you know, bring it on. Bring it on, Patricia. Well,
5: whatever I can fit on a CD, you will have. We'll save rest for another
3: time. I truly appreciate it. I really do. So you have a wonderful night, and have a great weekend off next weekend. And one more question, Walden. Are you broadcasting anything live?
0: We are trying, we were hoping to pull it off Uh, hoping to pull off, but some of the people that are going to be in, um, Seattle could have helped me do that Um, I got some family that's under the weather So, I, without a support staff up there, we're not going to be able to pull it off this year But we're, Ollie, we're planning to do that next year in Seattle And we're going to do that at FOTR this year
3: Well are you going to? Did you discover or not whether you'll be attending the one in New Jersey? Yeah,
0: not yet. I uh, have to see what see what the little piggy bank got. You know, I gotta see if he's yeah. got enough pennies in there for me to do that. So yeah, yeah. We'll we'll see. I I, I imagine you'll see me back in New Jersey in the next couple of years. So uh, well, yeah. So we will willing.
3: Knock on wood. Yep.
0: Yep. You know. Okay. All right,
3: Lucille. Weekend, and I'll talk to you again in two weeks. Sounds great. Okay, have a good night. Bye, Patricia. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: Are we back? Are we back? That's what makes the the world go around, besides love and then a couple pennies in the piggy bank. (laughs) Right.
5: Pennies in the piggy bank are always helpful. People say money isn't everything, but it sure makes life better. Help pay the bills. Yes. Yes, can't concentrate on the fun stuff until you take care of the absolute necessities. 714-545-2071 It's
0: our hot little number. The Patricia hotline number is available. (laughs) My hotline, right. (laughs) Oh, that's funny.
5: Well, we still have some questions out. I'm thinking we might not get some phone calls. People have... Just given up and gone to bed. Don't even know
0: yep. <laughs> if they're out there. Okay. Is there anybody out there? Well, should we get should we get go ahead and wrap it up? That's what
5: I was going to ask. All right. Wrap sure. it up. Play another show. Your choice.
0: Let's, get, let's wrap it up because I know Haygood want me to work with him all night on Showcase. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, me. I just <sighs> no, okay. Well, I, I've been calling him and he said. Check on him, so I will check on him in a little while. Okay. And... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how the two of you do it. Uh, I will be uh, working first thing
5: tomorrow on the final script, okay. the Henry
0: Aldrich script. Well, good. Well, why don't you and I talk off-air for a second on that? And uh, why don't we? I look for the theme? Why don't you say talk to the people while I look for a little theme music? I can talk to, this <laughs> to the people.
5: Um, Next week we are going to have a weekend off, so we just haven't disappeared. It's that Walden is disappearing. He is going up to the Reps convention that begins on Friday, goes through Saturday, and ends on Sunday. And Brian Hendrickson gave a good rundown a few minutes ago about what will be going on. That is the Radio Enthusiasts of Puget Sound, that's Reps, And they have a showcase every year. They call it Showcase. It's a convention. Uh, They call it Showcase because they do recreations all day long. Um, The all-time radio stars who are with us are going to be with them and do a really wonderful job. So that's what we're doing um, this coming weekend. uh, Next Saturday, I am going to be a listener next Saturday, and then the it's following time. Saturday, which is July 3rd, begins Christmas in July. I'm uh. so excited about this. This is Walden's annual. He gets Christmas twice a year. He gets his birthday for three weeks and Christmas <laughs> twice a year. I mean, he's got this whole down. holiday thing sewn up.
0: That was down, so Pat. for the
5: entire month of July, on the five Saturdays, we get five Saturdays in July, we're going to be playing Christmas shows. Yep. Prizes and trivia will be Christmas related. We have interviews with people who are a little bit different than what we are accustomed to. We are accustomed to having authors and people who are... Um,
0: work in a the business. Mm-hmm.
5: They work in the business. And what we are going to have this time... I talked I talk with Nolan Kenner. What? Nolan will be with us on the 10th, and he picked 11 o'clock, if that's okay with you. That's terrific. That's okay, and um, you've got some people lining up.
0: Well, good, I just got to book them. You know who would need to get on the 3rd? Who? It's the guy who came up with this idea. Which idea? Christmas in July.
5: <laughs> we need Walden.
0: I know, but you know, Ashley, I was not the one that came up with the idea.
5: Well, we have a whole lot of stores here who, who celebrate, or that celebrate, Christmas in July. Who came up with the idea?
0: Lenois. Well,
5: really? Yep. Oh, for goodness sake. Yep. I will have to give him a call. Yep. And tell him that one Saturday he's going to spend some time
0: with us. That's right.
5: That would be great. Nolan Kenner is a yesterday USA person for a million squillion years. Nolan was one of our DJs for quite a while. He is the person who created the lead-in introduction for the live show, Monday through Thursday. that begins at 10.30 and goes until midnight. It's got Bill Bragg, the person who developed the station, the founder of the station, and Mike Handy, his buddy. We've got those two people. And Nolan Kenner did the recording that introduces the live show each week. So we're going to be talking with Nolan Kenner on the 10th. He has got a fabulously interesting career that he is going to talk about and get some Christmas stories in there. And he's got a couple of personal things. He is. Um, he has asked if well, we have an opportunity to talk about. It. He'd really like to do that. Wonderful. So that's going to be terrific.
0: Well, you want to say goodnight to everybody.
5: It's time to say goodnight, Walden.
0: Goodnight, Patricia.
5: Good night, Walden. Good night, everybody. We'll see you or listen to you and talk with you in two
2: weeks.
0: Two weeks. Here we go, everybody. We love you all.
2: We show evening clothes. You have more glamour than any of those. Once I used to dream.
3: Ignites me
2: Send And Starry skies for the eyes don't have the Sparkle